Hi, welcome to another episode of CyberSide Chat. Today I have with me Charlie Jans. Charlie has an extensive background in entrepreneurship and technology and in business coaching. Charlie, could you take a moment and kind of talk about yourself and your background? Well, thanks. Appreciate the opportunity. It's good to be here today. Yeah, my career has been a rollicking adventure. I spent 30 years out in Silicon Valley with primarily transformative companies doing software development, but rational software got bought by IBM for 2.1 billion and did business analytics. In the last 10 years, I've spent helping businesses of all size automate their customer engagement functions using artificial intelligence. So that's been a lot of fun. So along the way, I've built three businesses to about 100 million and I've helped seven early stage startups in my coaching business recently get funding verify minimally viable product and and create a repeatable sales model. But recently, my wife and I got tired of living out in Silicon Valley. So we looked around for a business-friendly climate. We found South Florida and, and we decided to spend the rest of our lives working on building our community by performing businesses, that, uh, building businesses that help other businesses grow and support members of the community like the elderly and uh, foster children. So we work, we work with foster kids through court advocate program. My wife runs a business serving the elderly called Right at Home. And one of our purposes there is to create jobs. And then I work with local businesses to help them grow. You know, we, we do a lot with charities. And if I could focus my business 100% on just helping charities, I would. They, they help make the world a better place. Focal point coaching and, and training. Can you talk a little about what that is and what you do there? For those of you that haven't heard of Focal, we're probably one of the world's largest business coaching companies. We're founded by a guy named Brian Tracy, who's an author of 80 books on things like personal performance, time management, sales skills, and leadership. So along the way, he wanted to get his public work out there and realized that coaches were needed. People like me that come from various backgrounds and in industry, there's about 200 of us. And we all specialize in different things, but we provide some combination of coaching, training, and business assessments. So for me personally, I work primarily with growth-oriented businesses that are oriented towards value creation. So a lot of tech companies, a lot of professional services companies that want three things. They want to accelerate growth of their business. They want to build a team and the systems to scale the business. And they want to plan and execute along the way so that the business executes, or I'm sorry, exits in a way that meets their goals, which could be to, you know, to hand the family business over to a new generation, or it could be to sell the business to a, a, a corporation. Cool. So I think you probably are aware of this by now, but Palm Beach County and South Florida in general, they have a massive tech community. You know, the IBM uh, PC was manufactured here and from mm -hmm. IBM and that footprint. So many businesses have expanded and just exploded. I used to work for Motorola in, in their Boynton plant and doing paging. And I know a number of engineers that went off and started startups there. So there's a ton of tech here. There's an organization called uh, Palm Beach Tech. It's run mm -hmm. by my friends Joe and, and Nikki. And that's a great organization. I think it's something you should definitely get involved with. I think I even mentioned that at one point. So yeah. I, I'm a member. They run great meetings and a lot of great people participate in the webcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're doing a, a ton of webcasts this week. In fact, I've seen a few of them from other IT companies similar to my own They're doing some stuff around, I think, hosted desktops, one of them, and there's some other ones. But let's get back to COVID-19. So our goal today is to talk about things that are 
to give ideas and ways that business owners, CEOs, and leaders can leverage technology or do things in a different way as they're looking to cope with what's been going on around COVID-19 and just where things are. So when we think about COVID-19, we started this by being pushed into the deep end of the pool, right? We didn't really know what was going on and boom, we were dropped in neck deep in the water. Yep. For many, they've started to make that, that way towards the stairs and we're about waist level now. And we see where the end of it is. But I'm curious with your work with different business owners and organizations, what have you seen over the last two months that's changed that you think other business owners should be doing? Well, I, I think it's worth mentioning, though, that the tide had been rising for quite a while. So with, with the advent of mobile technology and the Internet and global, global competition, there was a very big move for modernizing businesses, digital transformation. And a lot of that was underway. As a matter of fact, you know, you and your business, I'm sure, are really familiar with the as a service model. So we saw software companies transform their products from a, a physical thing into an on-demand service like electrical utility, like Salesforce. And and in the brick and mortar world, that was all, business models were already changing. You're seeing transportation as a service with companies like. Uh, Uber, and you're seeing companies like GE not selling aircraft engines, but renting the uptime to aircraft manufacturers. So business models were really changing. But as you said, we just got thrown into the deep end because all of a sudden your employees couldn't come into work because, you know, because of, 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 of rules to protect other people and your customers couldn't find you in the same way. So there was this stunned silence for a little while, especially when I watched what happened in China. And for a while, not much was happening, but quickly the human innovation spirit happens and people start finding different ways to reach their customers and innovating. And now what we're finding is, especially in China, the 40-year-old demographic who had never done online commerce before, 41% uh, of that demographic has started using online co commerce. And now that business is returning to normal in China, those people aren't leaving. Because the experience in a lot of ways is superior in terms of customer intimacy, recognition of your preferences, lower cost, and being able to buy something whenever you want. So I don't think life is ever going to return to normal. And we're seeing that in China. You know what I think is interesting is I kind of noticed, remember when uh, Amazon said, hey, we're going to start delaying everything that's not essential. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be a couple of weeks. We still have a ton of e-commerce companies we work with. When we started the company, we were focused on e-commerce. I was focused on e-commerce. And I've seen a lot of our e-commerce customers that were just doing business on Amazon because they had no choice. That's where the eyeballs were. They've started to bring that business back to their, to their own storefront. And they're building their list and they're growing it. And I feel like, you know, Amazon, granted, Amazon's still 50% of the e-commerce market. But I feel like these smaller merchants have started to see that. So I think that's a change we've seen. I know that a lot of businesses that weren't e-commerce before have moved towards e-commerce or scheduling. Look at the, the furniture stores. You can schedule an appointment to go in the furniture store and pick out your furniture. <clears throat> Excuse me. So those are, those are a couple of things I've seen that have really amazed me with the, with the transition. Have you seen the other businesses make a, a big move that you would be like, hey, that's really notable? Well, I think what's interesting about the example you gave is like furniture businesses, the way supply chain is changing. So it used to be that you'd have lots of dealers. So I, I actually worked for an office manufacturer, Hayworth. They're the 
third biggest one in the world for a while. And what's happening now is they're starting to use technology to directly engage with clients. So especially now that clients can't come into showrooms, what's happening is the furniture companies are directly engaging with software like something called Bluescape, an online virtual workspace. It's a design workspace where you can interact and you can have a a camera interaction like this, but you can also be drawing on the board and you can have people in multiple locations collaborating. So what that's what's happening now is that it, 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 it's, it, it's changing distribution channels so that manufacturers can go straight to working within consumers. And in a similar way, the dealers and the retail stores that you're mentioning are finding new ways of building intimacy with clients where sales are actually going up. Yeah, I've seen a lot of companies that were in different lines of businesses that have pivoted as a result of this and started manufacturing PPE or hand sanitizer. I've seen a lot of the, the local distilleries start to manufacture hand sanitizer because no one no one's going to, well, I mean, alcohol's been through the roof, right? But still, they're losing that foot traffic and they needed to pivot. They said, hey, look, people aren't going to the bars. They're not buying, you know our spirits, what else can we do? And they've pivoted really quickly. You touched on engagement and I think engagement's really important. And before I get going any further, I just wanna mention that if you're uh, tuned into the video, we've got about a dozen people tuned in so far. If you tuned in, I'd really appreciate it if you gave us a little like on the uh, like button there. That way we know that people see what's going on and they're paying attention. And by all means, please leave a comment. It's you know, it's helpful for us to, if you have a question or you want something to be asked or you think, hey, these guys are crazy, just leave us a comment and we'll adjust, you know, we're live right now. But back to engagement. I am crazy, by the way. I come from yeah. a long line of crazy people. I knew there was a reason why I liked you. Yeah. So, so back to engagement. In the past, you know, when you engaged as a business owner, it was through a meeting. Either it was a, a meeting in the conference room, it was a a lunch out at a, at a restaurant or was coffee at the coffee shop. Engage, that engagement's kind of changed now. In the last two months, I think a lot of businesses have really picked on it, up on it and have pivoted. What have you seen that you think, hey, that works and that's great? Oh gosh, there's so much. So a lot of you that weren't used to using video conferencing, it might've been tough the first couple of times you tried to meeting, started meeting with your customers, but you find it works pretty well. So the visual medium, I think, is already replacing a little bit of that need to get out and especially get on an airplane if it's just for a, a, a low-level meeting. But the amount of innovation that's coming, especially from, from free or almost free software, one of my favorite hacks that I've seen recently is now that so many people are working from home, I'm seeing leaders having each direct report state their goals on WhatsApp or on uh, Slack channel each day. And what's great about that is as a team, they're all sharing their goals. And what it does is it creates a sense of community. It creates a little competition for people to be engaged and out there doing things. And it creates a team culture where other people associated with touching customers, associated, let's say with that salesperson, can make a comment about something they saw happen some way, somewhere else. So it's a really productive way of helping your employees be more effective and accountable. And it's, and it's so simple and easy and free. Yeah. We adopted Teams a long time ago. In fact, just recently, Teams announced that they had business voice in the United States and we moved to that. It's been fantastic. We get like for $20 a month, we get 3000 minutes for each of your extensions. And then you can pull those minutes 
It's just amazing the amount of money we're going to save on our phone system. But with Teams, the fact that I can engage with my customers right away one-on-one -on -one and share information or you know share a note real quick, if we're working on something for them and we see a problem, it's not, hey, I got to pick up the phone call or I got to give them an email. I can just pop them a message on Teams real quick. That's that's been great. A friend of mine, uh, Chris Palermo with GCN Solutions, he mentioned that at the end of the day, each day, they have a stand-up meeting with their team and they talk about what went well that day. Because in a lot of times, times like this, people are focused on the bad and the negative. They focus on the good. And he says that's really helped the team. It supercharges them at the end of the day, sends them home going, all right, we had a great day. Things went well and uh, prepares them for the next day. I, I thought the idea of having a stand-up meeting at the end of the day with, hey, what went well is, is a great What happened there? Charlie, can you hear me? You back there, Jess? I am. Let's see what happened. That was a, that was the first time. So we use a program called StreamYard for this, and that is the first time StreamYard has let me down in about sixteen different streams. Well, there's a thunderstorm outside up here where I'm at, so maybe that's part of it. That might be it. So, well, that's good. That tells us to keep, stay on point and keep going, right? Absolutely. So, one of the things I think is really exciting is the ideas of artificial intelligence, data mining, machine learning, and specifically chatbots and virtual agents. The value they can bring to businesses are just phenomenal, in my opinion. I was wondering if you could speak to the benefits that business owners maybe aren't aware of with all these technologies, and maybe some examples of how they're being used or how they could be used that they're not aware of. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for asking. So I'm actually working, uh, I, I've done a lot the last couple of years with conversational intelligence. As a matter of fact, I'm working locally with a South Florida company called Track 365 that is starting with transcription software, but they're adding artificial intelligence, particularly for sales scenarios, where, where the software itself grades the conversation from a sales manager's perspective or from a sales rep's perspective or from an SDR's perspective and helps them learn from each conversation. And it helps identify words of objection from the client. So it's, it really complements the technologies that are being used today. Matter of fact, the clients that are using that are using it with Teams or they're using it with Zoom. Uh, and you have an added benefit speaking of analytics, is once it's in that textual form, it makes it really easy for existing analytics packages to provide reports that help you make your product better and make your, your service better. So that's one example. And there's a whole bunch of technologies being tailored for different use cases there. You mentioned chatbots. I most recently was head of sales out in Silicon Valley for a company called Avamo. We were a conversational AI company. We actually built initially chatbots, those little web icons that show up on your website. But we were able to take that same technology and make it voice enabled. And we did things like work with Anheuser-Busch in the country of Brazil for allowing bar owners to place orders through the WhatsApp channel, just speaking into their phone. And you could place an order, you could check the status of an order, uh, and you could even do a cooler repair with various accents and everything else. 
one of the advances there is that the machine learning and the and the and the human guided learning tools have gotten so good that those experiences have gone from a little sketchy to being beautiful even modeling human prosody the pause like uh, a computer doesn't pause when it's thinking but human prosody puts that process in there to make it feel more comfortable to us so that's why siri says hmm let me go see she's actually she's already on it Another example of a project that I work on was for UC Health out in Colorado, where they're using essentially software to, to simulate human voice and to actually diagnose 400 different uh, medical issues. And through the use of analytics, she had a higher degree of proper diagnosis than if it was any one doctor. So the doctors trained the system. But what's great about that, and you had asked about the benefits is anytime you automate ordering or a healthcare interaction, you immediately don't have the problem of having a bottleneck. So everybody can get served at once. So customer experience goes up. You have 24 by hour, 24 by seven service. So customer satisfaction goes up. You get self-help and you, and you usually have a digital record of what was said. So that's nice too, because you don't get that when you go see the doctor. You're, you're usually so busy listening to what he's saying or trying to cover yourself up that you miss half of it. So there's tons of benefits and it's just getting better. I'm pretty optimistic. So one of the places where we're looking to use uh, chatbots, we use live chat, chat extensively on our website. Mm -hmm. uh, we find that people are more prone to use the, the chatbot or use chat than they are to send an email because they get that instant interaction. They don't have to pick up the phone. They just, you know, right there, we've got somebody, they're working on it and they're gonna take care of it. So we've been looking at chatbots there where we'll train the chatbot on our knowledge base so that when they ask a question, we can start to drill in and either get them the article or shortcut the back and forth they would have with one of our engineers to start troubleshooting the problem, right? Because when you get in, let's say it's a, I can't, I can't log into my email. Okay, well, what's your email domain? What's your mail server? What's your password? What's your, what's your email address? All those things are something that if we had that queued up to begin with, it's going to cut five, six minutes off of that conversation to begin with and it's going to shortcut the customer it's going to make us more efficient and we're going to see just better efficiencies all around service desk uh, automation is a huge area for growth big corporations even smaller businesses now are doing it to cut cost but really the customer satisfaction benefit really really trumps that like the example you gave of being able to reduce the number of questions back and forth one thing that you might find interesting is when you implement a chatbot, there's there's different usage scenarios. So if it's if it's support, you want to minimize the number of questions a customer asks. But if you're trying to sell, you actually want the system to be sophisticated enough to ask questions so that you can zero in on preference and cross-sell and upsell. So the training elements of of of, of, of training a system to serve versus sell are very different. And that's so really where tools for training come in so that businesses like yours can do the training for these smaller businesses. And it's, it's going to put it in reach for small business. Well, and it's there today. And uh, where I was going is that it's great we have it for our website. But with Microsoft Teams and Power Virtual Agents, we have it for our phone system, too. Mm -hmm. So the same exact bot that's going to handle a customer case on the website will be able to shortcut that on the phone call, too. So now... 15 minute phone call is going to be a five or a 10 minute phone call. 
and uh, it's just going to make life easier for everyone. And then when we start to talk about sales, now we're diving into things like uh, what products were they looking at on the site? Where were they spending their time on the site? How do we tie that into that conversation? And how do we, you know, drive the conversation that way? And uh, it's exciting. The technology is there. It's accessible and it's inexpensive. I mean, and it's easy to adopt. Yeah, you know, and I think some of the the third-party software that identifies customer preferences using analytics and even studies their movement on a website. I was one of the founders of a company called 24-7 Customer. They're really one of the biggest chatbot companies now. And, and, and they really pioneered a lot about just studying behavior on a website to, to prevent questions, which just really increases CSAT scores or net promoter scores. Which is super important. So, Charlie, as we uh, continue to make our way back to whatever the new normal is going to be, I think I think we all agree that the way business was and the way life was is going to change to some some level. Yeah. Um, what do you think is going to be the new norms that businesses need to adopt or, or look at today? Well, I think I think twenty four by seven support, depending on you know, of course what your business is, but anything with a high value. Uh, product like financial services, legal services, doctor services, T 24 by 7 is going to be super important. And the quality of the interaction just has to be better. So no one's going to be putting up with wait times. I mean, that's what drives me crazy. Anytime I've got to get something like I've been trying to get my license plates done during COVID right now. And there's a lot that's automated, but it's still still taking me forever. And I'm finding myself listening to this elevator music on the phone and it just makes me psycho you're going to see me on the news one of these days so the idea that all that could maybe be automated and you wouldn't have to sit there and listen to that horrible music yeah it can although you know i think it's worth just mentioning as we talk about all this automation and i think that we all worry a little bit about what this means to people doing the jobs now so I think it's a natural evolution that companies like your, my company and your company will work with businesses to automate things. But the premise has been is that, like it's always been, new businesses will emerge to replace those old businesses where, where people add more value. But any of you guys interested in understanding that more, Bain Consulting wrote an article about a year ago about what trends to expect by the year uh, 2030 and specifically recommending policies for how we're going to keep people employed gainfully and, and, and productively. So that is an important part of this discussion as well that I care about. It's definitely important. You know, what I've noticed is I've paid attention to this too, is I've seen a lot of the companies that were front runners in this that moved to automation, to robots in their warehouse, or whatever. They've trained those workers that are otherwise out of work with new skills. And I think that's really key is that we need to realize that we're not going to be able to do the same business we did. I mean, my own company, it's two decades old. The business we started as 20 years ago is not the business we're in today. And, you know, that's what I love about technology and why that's what drove me to be an engineer. And that's what drives me to be a technology company is that it's constantly evolving. I'm constantly learning and it's constantly changing. Change is good. We just have to embrace it. And I think when you learn to embrace change, life becomes a lot better. Well, and I think that that's a promising thing for us. That, you know, we talked about a couple of applications of artificial intelligence, but there's a lot of great training software out there now that can help re help people like you and I self-learn when we want to start a new field. 
So I think I think that's promising in terms of just the education of of human beings in terms of university education and practical how-to knowledge. There's a real renaissance happening there that I'm excited about. Yeah, in fact, education is, is fantastic, right? I started these videos immediately when this started to go on because I wanted to share that information. I wanted to help provide that education. And what I found is that there's just millions of people doing the same exact thing I'm doing that jumped on and started doing interviews like this. And I really appreciate you coming on, Charlie, and, and sharing the knowledge. And when we go to YouTube or, you know, what is it, Masterclass, I think it is. And there's mm -hmm. so many. MIT has a ton of classes they provide for free. A lot of the universities are looking at how they're going to change their model and start moving more into virtual classes and education. And people that, you know, had to go get a job or move away and couldn't finish their degree, they're going to be able to finish it now at the university where they started. I think that's going to be fantastic. I think uh, that's going to be a big change. You know, and I think that's an important point for people on this podcast. If you're a business leader and you don't feel comfortable with these concepts, there's a lot of 10 to 15 minute primers that you can tune in to start learning a little bit about what we're talking about, machine learning and things like that. And I think that you're going to have to become somewhat versed in it because training your systems is analogous to training your people. It's done a little differently, but it's just as important. That's a good point, Charlie. So, Charlie, we're closing in about 30 minutes here. So before we do, though, I wanted to see if there was anything else you wanted to discuss or mention that maybe we missed or we thought up halfway through. Yeah, you talked earlier about us being thrust out into the pool. And it's a scary time, especially for smaller businesses right now. And, and, and sometimes I think it feels a little overwhelming. So a couple pieces of advice that I want to give you is, first off, choose automation carefully. I do recommend working with a guide. So somebody like you, Jess, that understands this technology, you and I, we're, we're welcome. We're always willing to consult with, with business owners, and we don't, rec we don't expect everybody to do business with us. But having somebody help you put together a plan of what you want to automate and choosing the right processes to automate and to do it well is important. Because an automated process that doesn't create customer intimacy is a disaster, and it can put you out of business. That's that's the first advice. The second advice is your, your ideas, your businesses don't have to change 100%. As a matter of fact, most great fortunes have been made by businesses that innovate on an existing idea and just make it 10% better. So coming from Focal Point and Brian Tracy and a guy named Earl Nightingale, there's this 20 idea rule that I want to introduce to you guys. So if you have a business problem you want to solve, whether it's technical, sales, or leadership, Stated as a question, how can I talk to 20 more customers a day? How can I reduce my cost 10%? How can I improve my conversion rates? Whatever it is. And write down 20 ideas. And the first four to five will come really, really easy to you. But as you're starting to choke through the middle and those last ones, you have to start flipping ideas around. When you do that, don't try to imagine exactly how you're going to do it. Just get the idea out there. And then get your trusted advisors and particularly your employees, particularly your younger employees who've been gaming and on social media their whole lives. And they'll have good ideas for you on how you can actually operationalize those ideas. And if you come up with one good idea a day, you can imagine how much more produ productive your business will be if you do that on a regular basis. So that's my free advice. I think it's fantastic advice, Charlie. I appreciate you sharing that. I like the idea that you only have to pivot the business or the idea just 10%. And you're absolutely right. I mean, 
there's a million guys out there that do what I do, but as long as I have that little bit of a edge, I have a little bit of an edge. Well, I think the edge is probably the good looks. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Thank you. Thank you. It takes one to know one, buddy. So, all right, before the love fest continues any, any further, Charlie, if someone wants to get in touch with you, the best way to do that is? Two ways. I have a great website with free, all kinds of free tools for us, business assessments, how to improve your sales, how to do better time management. So that's charliejanes at focalpoint.com. And then follow me on LinkedIn. I, I publish one or two articles from someone else every day, and then I write an original blog at least once a week. So I share as much best practice and ideas as I can, and hopefully you'll have fun with it. That's great advice. Thank you for sharing that, Charlie. And thank you for everything. I love the fact that you share two articles every day of someone else's. You know, that thought leadership and that knowledge sharing is really important, I think. With that said, uh, I'm Jess Cover. I can be reached at Applied Innovations. That's our company. Just Google us. You'll find it. And uh, I want to encourage you to join my Facebook group. I know it seems odd that there would be a Facebook group for business owners, CEOs, and leaders. But the name of the Facebook group, South Florida Businesses Helping Each Other, and it's specifically for business owners, CEOs, and leaders to share information. It's not to share, you know, your sale of the day. It's to share information that's helpful to others, like this conversation, like the tips that Charlie mentioned, that article Charlie mentioned, and uh, the books he mentioned. So that's what we're doing there. I hope you'll join us. I appreciate you tuning in to the video live and to listening to the podcast. And again, I'm Jess Cover with Applied Innovations, and this has been CyberSide Chat. And Charlie Jans with uh, Focal Point Coaching has been my guest today. Charlie, thank you so much. You're welcome. Great seeing everybody.